Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish, and in this week's episode, we review and refine my mission statement, as well as some next steps, and we kind of go over some management problems in Elephant Scout Productions. Also, I don't have my laptop with me, Mm -hmm. so we have to figure out a different way to sync this up. Okay, how should we do that? Um, Maybe we just do some sort of sequential number. Uh Uh-huh. So Uh, you say say one, I say two, you say three, that sort of thing? You say four, yeah. One. (laughs) Two. Three. Four. I think that should work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's that sounds tough to me, but hey, good luck with that, man. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of laptops, so that actually that just jarred something loose in my head that I realized. So this laptop that I use to record episodes of Creative Eye, Strategize, and Synergize, Uh a podcast about the business side about being a creative. (laughs) Um, You did it. Yeah, I did it. Um, this laptop is technically property of Axon. Uh-oh. And as of the 25th, I will no longer be an employee of Axon. Whoa. Now, I don't know if I get another laptop at the place I'm working. I'm sure I probably do because otherwise I'm not sure how they expect me to do my job. <clears throat> but, uh, until then, like maybe I should come down there and we should pre-record a couple episodes. Just in case you, you don't know, have... To- the capability. For yeah, for a week or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Until I figure out like what my next option. All right. Might be a good idea. I don't know. Sounds sounds good to me. Cool. And then it's like I saw like pretty much everything. You know what's great about buying shit online? Um everywhere cuz you know in stores you can finance stuff if you buy that store's credit card, right? Or if you get that right, store's right. credit card. Well, now Every pretty much every place online just has uh, twelve month zero percent financing through this third party thing called Affirm or like Sezzle or Pay Later or like any of those. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but you're gonna buy a laptop via that. Yeah, because it's like why? Because you don't have to get a different credit card. I've used it for like smaller ticket items just to see how it works. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like you don't have to get any bullshit credit card because. Right now, my credit card score, or my my credit score rather, is really good, thanks to your uh, credit advice. What was that? Maybe like two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but the problem is, is I don't want to like the last thing I want to do is introduce a new card because my average age of accounts is still pretty low. Like uh-huh. I finally got it to a point where it's like my oldest one is about three years. Okay, okay. So so it's like if I introduce a new card that like basically chops it in half. You know what I mean? Because I've got two cards. One of them's relatively newer and one of them is uh, three. my oldest one. Three. It's three years yeah. old now. But I so if I, I don't want to finance anything by getting a credit card because that will fuck the whole thing up. Uh-huh. So, well, I mean, probably not. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably being overdramatic about it. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's like I wouldn't do that because it's like... I could pay off this laptop over six months. Like it doesn't matter, but it's like 12 months, 0% interest and you don't have to have a credit card. It's like, boom, done. Boom. So you might have to buy a new laptop, but you're probably, you'll probably get one. 
Right. I think I'll probably get most tech companies, like all tech companies kind of have the same perks in the same stack these days. Discretionary PTO, which is actually kind of a scam. Um, well, it is because it's like if you have like, oh, you get uh, 12 days PTO. It's like you know how much you have and therefore you use all of it without any remorse. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But with discretionary PTO, it's like, oh, you have as much as you want. It just needs manager approval. But that's how they get you because then it's like you end up feeling bad for taking days even though you – like they did a study on it um, and uh, and people end up taking less days of PTO in discretionary PTO even though they technically have unlimited days. It's crazy, man. That's yeah. how they get you. That's how the man gets you. And then they all do like, oh, catered lunches on Fridays and then uh, laptops, like company company provided laptops. That's like the basic tech company stack. That's what they give you. Huh. It's good to know. Got to make yeah. notes. Yeah. So so uh, I might have uh, a week where I don't have a laptop or maybe a, I, I don't know, but I'm not really that worried about it. As you shouldn't be because you have a new job, man. Yeah, I do. You're going to be happier. Hopefully. It's like the real disappointing thing is that I'm probably going to be just as no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to be. <laughs> um, there, there is the fear that like maybe there, it's all. I mean, at my bleakest moments, it's like, what if it all doesn't matter and it doesn't matter what I'm doing or what I'm working on per se. I'm just like always going to be unhappy with what I'm doing, but I don't think that's the case. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Because you yeah. put a time limit on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you set some goals. You set some smart goals. I set some smart goals. And I actually had like a good idea this week. Did you write it down? I did. See? I started taking notes. Whoa. Whoa. That's a lot of notes in that tiny notebook. Yeah, and it's all in my really crappy handwriting. But luckily, handwriting is not one of my, uh, or working on my handwriting is not one of my goals. Next year. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, yeah we'll work on it next time. But... uh did yeah. you uh, finish your uh, mission statement? I did. In typical Atish fashion, it might be a little wordy, but you might be able to help me pare it down. Okay. Okay. So, so here it is. Uh, my mission is to optimize and maximize small business potential and at critical stages, oh man, I can't even read my own handwriting. My, my mission is to optimize and maximize small business p- potential at critical stages pr- by providing the right resources and assistance at the right time to create a tailor-fit solution every, every client every time. Specifically, I will leverage neuroscience and cognitive science techniques and technology to eliminate barriers to early and common early-stage growth problems. You're right. That's way too wordy. That's way too wordy? It's way it's, too wordy. Uh, that's technically only two sentences. I don't believe you. No, it is. There's only two periods here. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a <laughs> comma or two. There's a comma or two. I'll, I'll give you that. But, but it's, only, it's only two sentences. All right. So your mission statement, what problem are you solving? Solving. Uh, I'm solving. I guess what I'm doing is I'm the, that came at the tail end. I'm eliminating barriers to early and common. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I'm eliminating barriers to entry and common early stage growth problems. There you go. Oh, that's it? Yeah. But that doesn't describe how I'm going to be doing it. No one cares about the how. No (laughs) one cares about how. This is a thing that people always 
want to add to everything. Everyone's like, oh, but I got to show them how it's going to get done. And it's going to be 19 steps and it's going to be 45 different sub steps. And then there's going to be this cool color chart and they're going to fill in different colors. And at the end of it, it's going to be a picture of a happy sun because they completed all the tasks, the 96 tasks it takes to color in this sun. Like Nobody <laughs> cares. People just care about the results. The problem uh, problems you can fix and the results you, you provide. Yeah, I guess if I was merging the two sentences, it would be creating custom tailor fit solutions to eliminate barriers to entry and common early stage growth problems. Right. That's it. That's beautiful. Oh, that's that's that should be your mission statement, because it should be something you can repeat easily and often. And that is easily digestible when you uh -huh. first present it. Okay, let me make a note of that. But everything else is great. That goes into a vision statement. Okay, so that's that's what I'd be doing. Uh, like that's, I guess that's the the other stuff, like the how, the what, the when, the where, the why, all that kind of stuff. Right, right. That just kind of enforces the mission statement that was created, and uh, and that's how I'm gonna flush it out. Yeah. Okay. Hook them with the problems you're gonna solve, and then start. If they really want to know, if they really want to go beyond that, that's when they start. It's like, oh, how are you going to do that? Oh, by this, you're going mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. these other 19 paragraphs you have written right now, yeah, in your in your notebook. <laughs> My other 19 paragraphs, yeah. Uh, okay, fair, fair, because there's quite a bit of other stuff in here. Um, yeah, okay, I like that. I like that. Yep, so that sounds really good. I still think it's a little wordy, but it's it's getting there. I think for you, the fact that you cut it down <laughs> to those two sentences is those two small sentences. Yeah, it's better. Uh, average size sentences. Great. Um, how do you feel about me? This is a really short and simple idea, but I've got an idea to pitch to you. Okay, I want to hear it. So this kind of goes into... Um, it doesn't exactly link up with my mission statement or what I'm trying to do, but it would be something that I could use as like sort of an entryway or it's, it's something that I could theoretically leverage, but it doesn't directly relate. Do, do you have something like that? I have no idea what you just said. Well, basically what I'm saying is like, do I have, so some, I do I, do I have an idea that's very vague that I can present? <laughs> No, do you like you want to be a filmmaker, right? Right. But sometimes in the adjacent, you end up doing something else that's like that hopefully gets you in line with that. Has anything ever occurred? Like you maybe do something for the uh, Tucson Symphony Orchestra or, or yada yada. Like has that yeah. ever occurred? Like I like when I do live event stuff, like AV stuff, when I do corporate work. Yeah, exactly. Is that? Uh, yeah. This is vaguely kind of like that. Okay. So I'm thinking of putting together an ebook. Okay. You've had this idea for a while. Yeah, but this one actually is different and has a little bit more legs on it, but it also does fall into like far extrapolation from my mission statement, but like close because I was talking about like basically my niche is going to be the neuroscience and cognitive science angle that um, is then used for, for small business. Right. Okay. So, what I'm thinking about doing, uh, so how many days has it been now? Where's my phone? Okay, so it's the 6th of October when we're recording this. It'll be the 7th when this is posted. Right. Right? Okay. So by that time, I will have been seven days caffeine-free 
coming off of about a 10 month bender <laughs> caffeine bender <laughs> um wherein probably my intake was anywhere from uh minimum of 300 to maximum about 600 milligrams per day which is a lot i mean okay. that is 300 the the fda says that 400 milligrams per day doesn't do you any physical harm uh throughout your lifetime so i don't know yeah what does the fda know though uh, nothing, because they're bought and sold by lots of companies. But we don't have to get into that. Anyway. Um, so the point is, is I was thinking, I could do, because I don't know a single coworker of mine that isn't jamming on, ca- like, coffee all day. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, like, essentially what happens then is your adrenals get fried, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking about creating a ebook that would just be uh, the, the, the master steps, because I've done... I I told myself I would do like one month on, one month off, one month on, one month off for like a long time, uh-huh. but uh, I never end up doing that. I always go one month off, and then I go ten months on, ten months on, or like six months on, or something like that, you know. So then I always have this struggling detox uh, thing that I have to do because it's always I always get the withdrawal symptoms. Whereas if you just did one month on, one month off, one month on, you don't get those withdrawal symptoms. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So I'm going to, I want to put together, because uh, I think I have a lot of not only the research behind it, but I also have, like, because that's all known. That's already known stuff. It's not like a mystery. You know what I mean? But then I also have the specific, like, how I do it, which I think now, because of the number of times that I've fucking had to do it, <laughs> I think that I've perfected the method which, with which you detox caffeine. Oh. And I'm thinking about throwing together like a quick, I don't know, is 50 pages too much? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, so I probably don't have to include the research and the background stuff. I could just probably summarize that. So I guess well, that'll Yeah, you should summarize the research. You should still include some of it, but not, are you, and you're, probably, you're probably cutting down 50 pages yeah. too from what you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you, have, what do you, you probably have 300 pages already well in a when blog i was, post somewhere well when i was just mapping out ideas on how to do it i like realized like okay so first of all obviously um i need to delineate to people why it's a problem to consistently always be consuming caffeine right mm-hmm. so i was like okay that's my introduction then i need to go into the specific scientific background as to what that and this is the part that I'm thinking I could probably pare down on because only people such as myself would probably be interested in that. Like it's not there's no because it, it bears no import. But the right. scientific background on how that kind of uh like quote unquote caffeine addiction occurs. See, coffee. You're drinking coffee right now. I'm drinking coffee right now, yeah. But you don't don't also, you judge me. <laughs> well, you also probably don't I don't think you uh, are as aggressive a consumer as I was in my really dark times. Well, I don't but do pre-workouts or anything but i do drink a lot of cups of coffee yeah yeah see that's the thing i think it's as soon as i start adding in the pre-workouts and all that kind of stuff that's when stuff takes a a turn Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because then i end up adapting to the pre-workout and that's so high stimulant that then it takes so many then even if i cut the pre-workout now i have to take so many cups of coffee to get the same cognitive effect right so that's definitely where things are going off the rails and what should stop but uh, so then I have a specific kind of like seven day program 
that I've worked out because you end up having withdrawal symptoms that are commensurate to how obviously how much caffeine you were taking in. But uh, I've got three different kind of teas that can be purchased at your local Trader Joe's that uh, you specifically do one of them on the few days before you are about to quit. One of them as for the first three days when you quit and the other one scaling down in how many you have on the last four days. That paired with a lot of specific like exercise, uh, which is with time of day because that's important. Um, lots of fruits, staying hydrated, that kind of shit. And I've done this seven day cycle too many times. I really should just quit caffeine for good. But I'm thinking I'm th- I can throw this together. And that could be like it's a it's a helpful thing for office people, business folk, but it doesn't actually it's not taking anything away from like what I'm trying to achieve with my main focus, but it's kind of like an entryway point. No, I think it's uh I think it totally falls in line with what you're trying to do. It's it's a problem and you're presenting a solution. Right. Scientifically backed and tested. Exactly. So I think it's totally on point with your brand on message on message hell do it yeah do it and then i don't know is that the kind of thing so i guess this is a totally different question but is that the kind of thing that you would want to give out for free or is that the kind of thing that you would want to position for like 99 cents on amazon or 50 cents on amazon well i guess what is what what is your why, why are you making this? Like, what do you have? Do you have like a intentions behind making this program? What do you mean? Do you want to use it to gain a following? Do you want to use it to make money? Do you want to use it to, uh, be a doorway to another program you want to sell, uh, sell? I guess it was just to, uh, I think it was just to gain a following or like kind of begin the sort of understanding that, there are ways that we can specifically use because what I'm ultimately ending to and or like trying to do with via my mission statement is that I think that there's a lot of stuff that people end up like leaving on the table. You know what I mean? Um, More specifically, I think that there's like a whole lot of uh, like, I think that there's a distinct reason why I can see management in some companies that I like, study and that I look uh, into work and why others don't. And I think that that pins down to a whole lot of like, like there's a cognitive science and psychological background of like leadership and like those kinds of things. So that's the segment that I'm trying to work into. And this is just like a light, like it's like a diet version of that. Like it's like a, just a kind of like a throwaway thing, but it, it kind of, I guess gain a following would be the closest to what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think maybe gain a following or kind of, uh, I guess it could be like a security blanket for you. <laughs> so, so when you go off to this, uh, off into the world saying you're doing this new thing now, mm-hmm. it, you could be like, oh, it's going to be like this program I just came up with. You can download it for free yeah. if you want to kick caffeine for a week or how to get off of caffeine for a week. Yeah. It's like I can show I can show you my process and how I work, and it's something that a lot of people might be interested in. Yeah, already yeah, exactly. So, and so now you're not just some guy that's saying this thing with a business card. 
you actually have a tangible thing someone can download and follow if they truly are interested in you and your services. Right. Because it's like, I want that to act as like a super light, like microcosm because ultimately at the end of the day, caffeine addiction is like, doesn't really matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't really. But my whole point is that through, uh, greater, uh, personal understanding performance and satisfaction you can end up growing because each individual unit within a business is going to end up being you want everyone to be a 10 10x contributor not just a 1x contributor or a 2x or something like that so if you can scale each individual person in your organization you're going to end up scaling your business a hundred times right you know what i mean that's this is all my secret sauce mumbo jumbo that i'm <laughs> putting out but but the point being that like Oh, actually, I had a daunting realization earlier today that's just about this, actually. Are you familiar with the show Billions? I know of it. I have not seen an episode of it. Yeah, see, I saw something. The The first thing I saw was uh, this episode. It's kind of like a, or a, a YouTube uh, thing that was like a video essayist. That was like kind of like lessons from the screenplay or any of those people. Uh And they were talking about game theory in billions. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch that. And it was really interesting. So I was like, oh, I need to watch this show. But it's like, oh, it's on Showtime. I don't have Showtime. So I just never watched it. Well, uh, I finally just watched the first episode. And one of the characters is a psychiatrist. So a lot of money. No. <laughs> oh, uh, continue. <laughs> I mean, Paul Giamatti is in it, and goddamn, he was really good in the one episode that I've seen. Okay, okay. Um, no, his wife in the show actually works for his, uh, Paul Giamatti's like main nemesis, I guess, in the show. The Rock. Like, no, some other guy. I don't know. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're confusing billions and ballers. Football. <laughs> Are we just free associating? Oh, whoa, whoa, now? whoa, whoa. Oh, wait. You're, you're, uh, the Showtime one is the one with uh, the guy from Homeland. I don't know. Didn't see it. The redheaded uh, British guy. Is he British? Uh, yeah. He's like a redhead. And he in Homeland, have- he plays an, like, an Iraqi soldier that was held captive for two years and then came back to the States and. Claire Danes thinks he's a, 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 a sleeper agent. Wait, 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 wait. How does and Mandy a... Patinka is really mad about it? <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is. First of all, second oh of my all, goodness, how do you not know anybody? How do you not know who Mandy Patinka is? You've seen the Princess Bride, right? Y- yeah. Uh, the uh, Igneo Montoya. Okay, well, first of all, I knew who uh, Claire Danes was, and I knew who Paul Giamatti was, so don't get on my case about not knowing everybody. It's like, if those are also obscure people, sort of. No, they're not. Any, uh, continue. Um, well, no, I, now I want to know, how does a redhead British guy play an Iraqi? Oh, an American soldier that was captured in the Iraq War. Oh, okay. I said that wrong. I apologize. That was on me. That was my bad. <laughs> no, I was. I, I just. I, it was an interesting casting choice. That's all I meant. Anyways, so, uh, so, the guy. Uh, shit. Now I'm all fucking scrambled. So 
Paul Giamatti is like a district attorney trying to take down this really wealthy guy, like hedge fund hedge fund owner or something. I don't, I don't really know how like capital investments work, uh, but that really rich guy, right? Paul Giamatti's wife works for that really rich guy, and what does she do? She's a psychiatrist specifically meant to like counsel and enhance performance of the people that work for that fucking capital hedge fund. It's like. I had never seen this show, and that's exa- isn't that kind of close to what the fuck I'm trying to do? Except I'm not trying to do it for uh, hedge funds. True. Which I guess it I'm- is. I guess it is without the medical degree, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is why I won't be making the big bucks like at a hedge fund. Right. Um, I guess so. I guess that's. I guess technically what you're trying to do, but I think it le- I think what you're trying to do leans more towards consulting, not. Right. Okay. Hedge so, fund psychiatrist. Right. That's no. Yeah. But that was the thing. It was like simultaneously it was validating because it was like, oh, there is a market for this. Like that's definitely a thing. But on the other hand, it was really, I was like, fuck, this was out there this whole time. And I, I thought, I really thought for audio listeners, I'm gesturing violently with my notebook. Um, I really thought I was I was fucking uh, really onto something here, and it turns out that that was like a thing. It was a thing. It was a thing. It was already a thing. And that's okay though, because they're not doing the thing the way that you're going to do your thing. Right. I'm going to do my thing in a very unique way. Right. Okay. So so I'm not fucked is basically what I was what I was stating was like I wanted your reassurance <laughs> that I'm not completely no, you're good. fucked here. No, you're good. Keep going down this path. You're doing good. Okay. So, so yeah, I was kind of looking at this, uh, so all that sidebar aside about whatever the fuck Princess Bride and Homeland or whatever we were talking about. Mandy Patinka. How do you not know who Mandy Patinka is? Okay, so you're saying that, and it's like, I'm taking from the context of this that it's a guy. Yes. This is like last week when you didn't know who Carrie Strug was. That was very upsetting. Oh, yeah. And then you sent me, okay, first of all, you sent me like one real video and one Saturday Night Live video, <laughs> which is like typical Chris, <laughs> that it's like, you're, t- you're telling me that I don't know who somebody is. And the first link that you sent me was a Saturday Night Live video. It wasn't even the real person. No, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, she was there. She was there. It was her brother. It was her and her brother in that Saturday Night Live. Clip. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Point being, point being. That uh, I don't, it's like, this isn't, that's what I'm saying. It's not exactly on, it's it's on message, but it's not exactly like what I would be doing because what I would be doing is like a little bit more like hard boiled and serious. Whereas I want to take kind of a more like approachable tone with this little mini project. But what I do want to do is kind of draw in value by giving, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I can't. I don't know how I would demonstrate value to small business owners without actually getting into the weeds with them, but I could demonstrate how I can already deliver value in like a myriad of other ways, just like off the cuff for, I would say, I don't know, 90% of America's workforce, Mm -hmm. i.e. by minimizing reliance. Now, the other thing would be, obviously, a lot of time is fucking killed on the sales floor with uh, smoke breaks, but... I don't have any context about that because I never picked up smoking. I never picked it up either. And it always drove me nuts working at restaurants because I was yeah. not, I didn't I didn't smoke, so I never took breaks. I never got but, my ten. Yeah, I never got my ten because I didn't have a, didn't need a smoke break. I was like, yeah. you, what's wrong with you guys? 
Yeah. I should exactly. I shouldn't have to take up this habit to take a break. Yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna go sit outside for a minute. Exactly. Do you think I should uh do you think I should uh take up smoking and then show how powerful my methods are by going cold turkey? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't I don't, really like I don't I think don't, that's a good idea. I didn't really like uh that idea either. Just got to find a smoker. I'm sure there's one in your surroundings. I mean, there's a ton in my apartment complex, like literally everyone, everyone's apartment next to mine. They're all smokers. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Um, That sounds like a, like a, I think caffeine is more up your. Right. Well, and and it's just something, it's, it's just something that I was thinking that like, I could throw out there on, uh, you know how like in between Instagram stories, there's ads uh-huh. and they say like swipe up for 10% off this or swipe up for this. It's like, it's just one of those things that I could have as like a swipe up for this and then get an email list out of it. Do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's a funnel. It's a funnel generator basically. Uh-huh. And then, so then doing that and then it, would you focus more on, building up content right now or would you focus more on ah no you're right i should well not you're right but because you haven't said anything yet but i it's like you've got this knowing expression that i just (laughs) i can read i should probably flush out my mission statement a little bit further yeah like not for a mission statement because we're good with the one sentence that is still possibly a little too wordy right but i should work on actually crafting like okay what are my next like steps after that right okay does that one sentence that was narrowed down that we you know we narrowed down your mission statement to does does that is that going to help you motivate um future decisions like uh they're going to motivate is that going to motivate future decisions with this program you're building is that the thing in the back of your head that's always going to be running in the back of your head yeah, well, so so that's sort of the thing. I think, and I don't know if this is just some uh, classic Chris Scott wisdom, or or if this is just a, but it's like it's simultaneously specific but also vague. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, like it's specific enough that it's telling me exactly what industry I'm going into. Like, like it tells me that I'm consulting and it tells me that I'm doing this and it tells me who I'm working with and things like that. But what it's not telling me is specifically what like domain I'm. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not exactly like precisely telling me like, oh, you're only doing this one thing. So it kind of seems like this could be. This could inform a lot of different like approaches. You know what I mean? All right. Is that what you're going for? I don't. I I I I think. um, What I think of what I'm going for is just something that will answer any doubts you ever have in the future. (laughs) So let's say you're working on this subsect of programs or whatever you're creating. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's to optimize, uh, stapling papers or something weird like that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, you can spend 20 to 40 hours developing this program. And then at the end of it, you can realize that nobody cares about how to optimize staple usage right 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 right. you know but right before you dive into you know building that program because maybe you're avoiding working on another idea that you really should be tackling you're like this is easier i can do this 
uh, is your like thinking of applying your mission statement to that program? Is like, is this really going to help me do the things that I set out to do as my company? I to see be what a you're mission statement. You know, it's, is this really uh, a properly motivated task to accomplish, or is this a distraction that I'm? another distraction that I'm giving myself. Right. Is, is this some sort of path that just like doesn't lead anywhere, but it's, it's a little bit of less resistance than the other main stuff that I should be working on. Right. That uh, aligns with your vision, your statement, your mission statement. Mm. Your... Well, here's my, here's my, here's like a little, now this is real, uh, real rough. So don't judge me too hard on this. But here's my first like thing that I see very often that I think needs to be um, addressed and tackled. And so this is what I'm writing up. Well, I only have the loose like I've I have like an idea, and then I've what do you what did you uh, call it when it's like I've got my idea, and then I'm kind of like as as things come to me, I'm sort of like just drawing out tags and seeing how they all relate. I don't know what I called it. Was it today? <laughs> No, it was no, <laughs> no. It was like easily a year and a half ago. Oh, uh, I have no idea. Okay, maybe well, maybe uh, 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 something with webbing, a, a cloud, maybe. Yeah, something something like that. A web cloud, sure. Um, basically, something that I see in uh, a lot of, and, and I mean, this is universally applicable. This isn't necessarily just for. I, I want to focus on more early stage uh, problems, like barriers to entry and uh, and early stage growth problems with businesses. But this is something you even see in large businesses. In fact, I saw this all the time at my former employers. But I also saw this. Um, uh, I also saw this with uh, my. Uh, I wouldn't say like an acquaintance. Okay. Like not a not a friend, but an acquaintance of mine um, was uh, like opened up a, a bar up here, and I can I could see it because because I got to go to the soft opening and I did a bunch of stuff you know whatever and I could see the same problems that I saw at Axon there, uh-huh. and basically what the idea is is that <clears throat> there's a huge there's kind of like this weird really narrow line that you have to walk as a leader uh, with your staff or your subordinates or whatever. Because if you're too like tight on them and you micromanage, what ends up happening is they develop this response, like what's called a pattern behavior response, which is that they just expect you to have the answers. So they follow your directions, but do nothing more. Like all they do is literally it's a, it's a call and response. Uh Um, or that's, uh, psychology call and response. Right. But on the other hand, if you are completely the antithesis of micromanaging and you're not, you know, uh, on, or you're not like creating this environment of structure and rules and stuff like that, then people don't get shit done. Right. So on the one hand, you have people who are completely stripped of any creative autonomy which means that you're not empowering junior level level leaders. What you're doing is then ultimately all the problems are going to have to feed back up to yourself. And that's going to kill early stage growth companies because you can't possibly solve everything yourself. You can't. Right. Like, right. It's, you're going to hit a wall with that. Like you can possibly get away with it if you're really good or you work, you know, 
12 hours a day or something ridiculous like that. But eventually you're going to hit a wall with that. Um, so you need to be able to empower these junior level decision makers to be able to like be creative and do things on their own and kind of make their own decisions and see what works, see what doesn't. But on the other hand, if you're entirely too loose and uh, with no form and no function, nothing will get accomplished and nothing will ever be consistent. Nothing will ever, you know, really hit that kind of um, craveability that you need your product, business, et cetera, to have. Uh-huh. So that's my that's my first major framework. Like that's my first, uh, I guess, general problem that I'm addressing. Right. Do you see what I mean? So, so that's kind of the stuff that I'm building on. Uh huh. So, is is that a part of your mission statement right now? No. Well, I mean, it is. It's uh, it's a. This would be something that then I would provide resources, both in techniques and technology, to eliminate. Like that's a problem that early stage uh, companies have. Right. I think you just need to make it more di- digestible. Is that your way of saying that that's also too wordy? <laughs> it's too wordy. Uh, I think what uh, you might need to uh, tap into a little bit before you get into the science part of it is the feelings part of it. Okay. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? I, th- I feel like people are going to have a, mo- a more visceral, visceral reaction to a mission statement that is uh, hitting frustrations they feel but can't express. Mm. Okay. So uh, instead of having someone that's going to present a bunch of problems yeah, that you yeah, know yeah. you have, you just don't know how to deal with it, you know, have someone present one uh solution to a feeling you have okay okay maybe maybe that's just an idea that i'm spitting out right now no but it's like this is entirely what we're uh what we're doing right it's like because if, if i just was set to run with only my ideas it it a probably wouldn't go anywhere because i'd be too distracted with like working myself into a circle but uh-huh. then b also it's like <clears throat> this all sounds great to me but that's because this is how I think. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's like ultimately I need to get as much feedback as I possibly can in order to shape this into something that, like you said, digestible, something that's more user friendly and actually seems approachable, something that seems like because ultimately what I think my greatest and this is probably already way overstepping where I need to be thinking, but I've already kind of thought about it. I don't think there would be a natural competition. Like, you know how Verizon and Sprint are competitors? Yeah. That's that guy's uh, fault. Yeah, that fucking guy. That Verizon <laughs> Sprint guy. He used to be the Can You Hear Me Now guy. Right. Yeah, that bastard. Anyways. <sighs> um, I don't think that I would have a natural competitor like Sprint or like Verizon. But what I But the natural competitor that I would have would be the option to do nothing. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, oh, we can probably get by with what we have, or we can probably get by with what we're doing. Or, you know what, that's an interesting insight, but uh, I can probably handle that myself. Right. That That's going to be my problem. My problem isn't going to be like, oh, well, the other guy down the block is doing it for $10 less. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be that people either don't want to address it, can't address it right now. It's really not high on our priorities. 
that sort of thing. We can't really hire a consultant right now to look into our management and see how we're, you know, fucking up and all that kind of stuff. That's that's going to be the problem. So right. ultimately, it does have to be something like you said, visceral, something that comes with feeling and intent and stuff like that, because that's what's going to get people to sign on. Right. That's the thing people can relate to. That's the thing that people. It's I don't know. It's kind of like how when t- people talk about toddlers. Mm-hmm. And how they cry all the time. It's because the reason why they're crying is because they're frustrated because yeah. they don't know how to say what they, they're feeling. And so okay. their only reaction is just to scream and cry, which is, you know, they're learning. They're babies. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like that when you're a startup business. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what's happening with this problem. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know how it's making me feel, and I want a solution. I just don't want to. I just need relief somehow. Okay. Okay, I think I need to take a firm step because I've got like all these ideas, right? But maybe I should take a firm step back and maybe just address the because now I've got the the mission statement that could actually possibly be refined because we pared it down to about a sentence and a half, maybe two sentences. I could probably do a better job of reworking that. And then maybe start to answer some of those other questions. The who, what, when, where, why type of stuff. And, and a vision statement. Go crazy on your vision statement. Can you reframe what a vision statement is for me? I think a vision statement is your how you're going to do it. Okay. Okay. And it's going to be mostly for you. I'm not going to, you know, people are never going to see these things probably. This is all <laughs> just going to be for you. But your mission statement might be your tagline on your business card or something like that. Uh-huh. So that's why I think it needs to be a little bit more digestible. But your vision statement is going to be for you uh, or future partners. Be like, this is my process. This is how I approach things. This is how I'm going to relate this to all the things that I establish in my programs. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I can kind of get a little bit more flushed out, a little bit more wordy. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, then I think what I need to do is really uh, revise this mission statement with what we did and then start it, before getting myself all tied up into these ideas. Like, because those were just the things that were val- self validating. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh-huh. I do have a unique perspective on this because I'm seeing this same problem in two very different places one in a publicly traded, you know, billion dollar company and one in the bar down the street. Uh-huh. Like, wh- why would that be? Right. You know what I mean? I, I like I th- but I shouldn't even get there yet because that's that's already addressing a problem. I need to be more focused on how I'm going to be doing this stuff and the how. Like what specifically I'm going to okay. So it keeps you focused. It's going to clarify a lot of things for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cuz it it does still feel like you're all over the place a little bit, which is mm-hmm. not bad, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But laying down some solid foundation on all these different paths you want to take, I think is going to be very helpful mm. and keeping you consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing because, because great. I've got this, I've got this one good idea now and I think I know what techniques I would use to solve it. But right. that doesn't mean that when I find the next one that I'm going to be able to address it the same way or like what happens if I don't find an, you know what I mean? Uh, you're right. I need to, I need to get some solid concrete, like ideas as to how I would specifically address these things, like what my, what my methods are. And then from there you can use those to address ostensibly any problem. Anything. Right. Mm. 
And your uh, your story about consistent and your two different companies reminds me of a problem I'm going through. What's that with with my company and the whole uh, how nobody has a job title, so no oh, one yeah. does anything. Yeah. So uh, I've, I think I've talked about it on here. I, I've added a new member to the Elephant Scout team. Mm-hmm. And since adding that person, one person has kind of quit working on some projects. So I take that as she's out completely. Like as a direct, do you mean as a direct result of you adding this other person? Or do you mean no. just it happens to be? Well, the thing, no one knows that I've added this person yet. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, so just circumstantially, you added this person, and then this other person kind of ducked out. Right. It was just by happenstance. Happen, happenstance. Happen, happenstance. Happenstance. Uh huh. So, uh, so since this person quit, we had two of those murder mystery shorts kind of been put on pause. Yeah. So the other person, uh, someone that I've been working with for years and years in this film world, uh, is supposed to be directing one of those shorts, and and two weeks, I think now, maybe three weeks, wants to have a meeting mm-hmm. to talk about how to tackle these two shorts. And I haven't told him yet that I don't want to do the shorts anymore. Without without naming anybody, uh, do I know this person? Jaime. It's Jaime. Oh, you're, I didn't realize you were, just, you were okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had a meeting with the new guy, Francisco. And he was asking me a lot of really good questions and he, in the middle of the meeting, he was like, I know it's, I'm asking a lot of weird questions, but I need to get the things that are inside of your head out. Mm-hmm. So, and th- moving forward, we can execute these projects properly. Sure. Which is the big complaint that uh, Jaime had every time we worked together was he couldn't get anything out of my head. So I already feel like a complete uh, 180, 360, 180. Well, 180 would be you're moving in the opposite direction of where you were. 360, right? Would Working be- with uh, Francisco because yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, probably six months before we actually start working on a project, he's already uh, working to figure out what's happening inside my head to, you know, have our work performance be better. Yeah, he's trying to months. he's trying to align himself with your vision, basically. Yeah, right, and he's doing so. Uh, proactively as opposed to reactively, which like, I don't know how you do that on a film crew. Like, I don't know how you reactively uh, get aligned with somebody because by then you're already rolling shit. Like you're already going with it. I don't know how you reactively do that. Exactly. So um, in theory, I'm going to have a meeting with Jaime in two, three weeks to talk Mm -hmm. about these uh, short films. But while talking to Francisco, he was asking me if, if he should post on the internet if that he's a part of elephant scout now yeah and i'm like i haven't told anybody else yet like i haven't made an announcement or anything i haven't i've only told you know the people listening to the podcast i guess i've told you that i'm not right. you know i know jaime doesn't listen to this podcast and if he does right. this is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> uh but I've, i i don't know how to i don't i'm i don't i wonder if i'm making uh my next conversation with jaime uh more weird than it is going to be what do you mean i want to tell i want to tell jaime i don't want him to direct a short film for the murder mystery night Mm. and i don't want to work with him on the feature film that i'm working on with francisco Mm. Yeah, yeah these are the tough conversations but i don't want to ruin the friendship 
but I also don't want to never work with Jaime again. I just right. need a, I need to, I need to change things up. I think, yeah, I think ultimately what you're looking for is right now you're at a stage where you can't afford to have people on board who are only what I forget what the term for this is, but like people who only want to handle ah siloed, you can't really afford with your, uh, with your kind of how short, small your crew is, but how large your goals are. You can't afford to have people who work entirely siloed as in, this is my, this is my area of the project. I'll do it whenever you want me to do it, but just tell me what to do and, and I'm going to do it. Right. You know what I mean, it's like that's the kind of thing you can afford to do when you're paying hundreds of people and they just need to perform that one function because everyone else uh, has their individual role. Kind of the way that you're functioning right now, which is the way a lot a lot of small businesses have to function, a lot of start startups, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, did you watch uh, – yeah, I mean you've seen that movie 300, right? Yes. So a long time yeah, while most of 300 was absolute bullshit, there were stuff there was stuff in there that was factually accurate. No, nothing about the Battle of Thermopylae or anything like that, but like for instance that uh specifically what what they called a a, a phalanx, you know what I mean? Where it's like you covered yourself with that no. huge shield. No, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't a know phalanx? what I'm ta- a phalanx? It, uh... No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. How do you not know what? what the, okay, whatever. Now you know how I feel about Carrie Strug <laughs> and Mandy Patinka. Okay, fair point. Fair point. I have no idea who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> so a phalanx is where you um, you cover yourself with the shield, like the section of the shield that would cover you, but then you also purposefully are holding it like aside so that it covers the other part of the person next to you. Uh-huh. And then the person next to you is doing that. That's kind of how Elephant Scout has to function right now. You can't have people who are just working on individual roles and individual, like I'm covering myself with my shield because it's too lean of a crew and it's too large of a project with too lofty goals to afford that kind of stuff. It's not in the budget. It's not like a, it's not in the budget. You can't mm-hmm. afford to hire enough people to just do their individual roles. Everyone has to be a multidisciplinarian or else this shit doesn't work. Right. So just like a phalanx, you all have to be kind of like what Francisco is doing is aligning himself with your vision so that he can better cover like more than just his core responsibilities. So at the end of the day, either people want to be, you know, larger contributors and kind of be self starters in that sort of respect or they don't. Right. And that's where you find yourself in this kind of awkward place where, yeah, that sounds rough. So I need to figure out this conversation I'm going to have with Jaime. You can tell him if, if, if this helps. <laughs> One of the four laws of combat is cover and move. <laughs> <laughs> well, what sucks about this, though, is um, I was talking to Sarah Jackson, former uh, interviewee here on our podcast yeah. and she was like uh, i was telling Isn't her she was, a two-time interviewee i think so i think technically once oh. maybe maybe twice i'm not 100 percent. we, we sure. had like episode nine with her but i'm pretty sure didn't we talk to her twice 
I know I talked anyway. to her again, but I haven't on those episodes I haven't edited yet that I should yeah. edit. Yeah. Okay. So that's twice. Anyways, uh, she was telling me how it's you know I was telling her that these kind of these you know shorts are falling apart, and she thought it was sad because you know these are the people you started out with. These are the people that helped you get through Eddie Mummy and the first right. Murder Mystery Night, and now things are kind of crumbling apart. And it's, is it me letting them go or weeding them out or is it just how things are happening? And so I think I'm, I, I think they need to be weeded out, but I would still want to work with them in a different capacity. Maybe so weeded out is the wrong word. Weeded out might be the wrong term. Maybe what you do. I mean, maybe that's your answer right there you give them something else to be working on. Well, that was the murder mystery night. Oh, the murder mystery night was the pawn off item. So the idea was the three of us are all producers because we, everybody does everything. That's the only job title we all have. We're all producers. We all produce this movie. Mm -hmm. And so we all selected three new individuals to be directors of a short film for murder mystery night. I yeah. selected Kelsey, Becca selected Shaq, Jaime selected Danny Sanchez. And Kelsey and I and all of us made Kelsey's short film. Becca and Shaq's film has not happened, and neither has Jaime or Danny's film. I Danny see. has requested to be not be a director, but be an assistant director. So Jaime decided to step up and be the director of that film. Mm. And so this was... They were supposed to be producing their own films, doing their own things, getting these films done. So I was I was not involved a thousand percent, a hundred percent, because there's such a thing as a thousand percent. And they kind of they fell apart. They're not happening. Yeah. And when I talked to Jaime about this and stepping up a little bit more and doing a little bit more work, I got a little he got a little defensive. He got very defensive and scolded me for like an hour. Oh, telling me I was uh, condescending and uh, all sorts of crazy malarkey like that and accusing me of becoming another production company here in town that I would never want to be. And it was just coming out of nowhere. And I was like, why is, why is this guy reacting like this? So why is he having this such, such a passionate response to this request to, hey, do a little bit more work, please? Well, stop right there. And have you actually answered that question for yourself? No, I haven't. If you had to take a wild guess, why do you think that is? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, because in general, when we are confronted with, uh, or when we are confronted at all, you kind of end up going into this uh, two kind of paths that that could be in, Right. And if you know that that person is full of shit, you don't end up getting all that crazy about it or you don't end up getting that passionate, as you say, or like that angry or that upset or anything like that because you know ultimately that you're right. But if you feel like the other person's right and you feel like you have to convince them, you kind of dig your heels in a little harder and get a little crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. So he probably recognizes that you're correct. Yeah. 
So I just don't know what to say at this next talk. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be like, hey, I'm going to work on this other bigger project without you. Or do I even need to have this talk? <laughs> I mean, uh, I think passive approach is not necessarily a good one. Although, ironically, in this particular case, it seems like since nothing is being worked on anyways, it seems like if you didn't say anything, nothing would happen anyways. So it's <laughs> it's like, weirdly enough, you happen to find yourself in the sect where not doing anything might yield the same results as doing it's, anything. Like, right, right. Like you're in a we really weird <laughs> predicament right now um i don't know i think upfront honesty is probably the best course of action but that said uh i mean i i would maybe just lead with you know that you want to hit a quicker pace on this and uh that that like there need to be key results on this particular item but would you be open to him working on uh the continuing to work on the mystery short or no i don't know well because because that old, that thing fell apart and like all if there were three legs holding it up two of them fell apart the writer right. is kind of in a weird funk right now and she doesn't really want to rewrite <laughs> at the moment and uh, none of the directors really stepped up and yeah yeah committed 100 percent. so it's it's um well, I guess it fell apart on three le three lakes because I wasn't really into it either. Yeah, well, I, I sounds... was, but not really. If that makes sense. Then, as far as that goes, I mean, that might not even have to be addressed. the The feature length probably has to be addressed. The work on the feature length probably has to be addressed. But the it seems like the other one kind of dissolved on its own. Okay. I don't know. I still feel like some sort of thing needs to be said. I don't know. But nothing's ever been written down or uh, owned, really. Well, well, you see, this is exactly actually what I'm talking about. And unfortunately, I don't have any resources for you because I haven't crafted them yet. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you are a uh, self-starter to the gr degree where you want to take ownership over everything. But the problem is, is you can't possibly get the desired results out of doing every function. So then you have to um, outsource that work to other people. Like that has to go out there and, and possibly even intermingle with other people's creative vision and all that kind of thing. But the problem is, is that then, so then you're handing off that ownership, expecting those other people to have the same degree of ownership over the project, which that's the part where it's falling through. Right. So what I think you need to decide is are these ultimately going to be Chris Scott projects that other people are working on as your junior leaders, which means you need to be a little bit more hands-on with them and delegate more? Or are these multi-person projects and you're just going to take ownership over your part? So I think the shorts are going to be the one where I hand it off to junior delegates. Mm -hmm. And the feature is going to be 100% mine. Okay. So then I think moving into the feature, it doesn't seem like, like then I think ultimately that turns into a come to Jesus talk with Jaime. It's like either he's cool with that, that workflow, but then you need your outcome. And if he doesn't provide it, you're going to get it elsewhere. Right. Well, I don't think, I don't want to get in a situation where I need to uh, ask 
do another ask of him knowing I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Which is that's the probably fair. sucky part, but that's going to, it's going to, it's going to be what happens. I mean, you already have uh, other junior level leaders who are ready to kind of do their thing. Right. I mean, I've already had three meetings on this feature. That's not even fully written yet. And we have a timeline already for, for this feature that, you know, hasn't even been written yet. And like people are moving gears on this thing. That's like getting the gears are starting to roll. And I'm excited about it because it's not yeah. just me pushing the whole cart. Everyone is like taking a a wheel and kind of rolling it themselves. And then that ends up building this momentum. People are going to be more excited to be a part of that as opposed to something that you kind of like hit some speed on stop down, hit some speed on stop down. Like the, the second murder mystery night kind of never built up the traction to actually build up any momentum or get anyone excited or have anyone working on anything that's changing from day to day. Everyone's banging their heads against the wall over the same issues that it was six months ago. Right, right. So momentum is the topic to bring up in the conversation. <laughs> momentum. I think that's, I think that's nothing but go. momentum. Yep. Well, uh, I'm uh, excited to hear about how, I mean, not necessarily how that goes, but uh, how your uh, building of your, your new uh, dream team goes and how the, how the progression on the, uh, the feature length is going. Yeah, I don't know. And then I'm on, I'm, I'm on this other mindset as well as that if I get this feature made, because the whole point of working on all these shorts for free is to eventually get to the paying gigs. Right. And so I kind of feel like I've promised all these people paying gigs mm -hmm. and boom, here's a feature coming up, but I don't want to work with you guys right now. <laughs> so I, I feel terrible about that. But at the same time, it's like, well, but, but isn't that the reality that, uh, that's, I, didn't we discuss that on a previous, previous episode that that might be the disconnect right here? paid gigs come with expectations you have to deliver what you have been paid to do right but there hasn't been a paid gig yet yeah but this might be a paid gig <laughs> i guess the maybe part the might be part is the it all depends on how it comes out it's like it's like that episode of entourage <laughs> oh my goodness Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much. <laughs>